Hello, beautiful. Welcome back to another episode of It's Time to Be You, the podcast that helps people pleasers take control and finally put themselves first. I'm your host, Ariel Von Bretter, and I'm a certified life coach and recovering people pleaser here to guide you on your journey. And I realized that I was a people pleaser when I was so overwhelmed, burnt out, and having a lot of anxiety about all of the things on my plate. And a lot of the things on my plate were not really bringing me joy. I had filled my plate with these things because of my inability to say no, set boundaries, and speak up about the things I actually wanted. So I know firsthand that people-pleasing can lead to a lot of overwhelm and being burnt out. I also know that leaving people-pleasing behind and changing our habits can feel overwhelming because it's different and uncomfortable. So what do we do? How can we start to break this overwhelming cycle? To help us with this, our guest today is Maggie Paratin, a business and leadership coach that helps entrepreneurs grow their business without the overwhelm. And I love the perspective that Maggie brings to us as a mom of a blended family, someone that left a successful six-figure career that led to burnout, and has experienced the unknown of being an entrepreneur. In this episode, Maggie helps us to move away from overwhelm, she shows us how people-pleasing can move us away from who we truly are, and she teaches us that we are all leaders. So if you're feeling overwhelmed or burnt out, this episode is definitely for you. Enjoy! Maggie, thank you so much for joining me today. Will you just tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are before we get started? Yeah, thank you for having me, Ariel. I'm happy to be here. My name is Maggie Perotten. I'm a business and leadership coach. So I help service-based entrepreneurs grow their businesses, but in a way that's very sustainable and it doesn't require hustling and overwhelm and being tired and kind of, you know, working on stuff in their business. I live in Canada. So in greater Toronto area, as we call it, the suburbs, we call it a greater Toronto area. I'm a mom in a blended family with four kids. I have two stepboys that are 16 and 14. They don't live with us, you know, all the time. They live with their mom, but they're very close. They live very close to us. And then we have two kids together with my husband, a girl that's 10 and a boy that's almost eight. Oh, wow. I mean, you've got a lot going on. So for you to be able to help entrepreneurs like not have overwhelm and do things like in alignment, I'm so excited to talk to you and learn your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> they come from a lot of painful experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's kind of go back into it because I know that you went through a little bit of a corporate burnout. So will you yeah. take us back to what that looked like for you? Yeah, so one. Um, So I learned the hard way how not to work or grow in any professional way, right? Whether it's your own business or whether it's your corporate career. So about my corporate roles, I was in leadership roles for 13, 14 years before I left the corporate world. So the roles tended to be quite demanding, but, you know, I managed them even when my kids were little, I... At some point, I actually started doing a little bit of mindfulness, a little bit of meditation, even though I was like the last person to think that I'm good for meditation. I was like, I can't shut off my brain. What are you meaning? <laughs> but what I was finding myself sometimes is like, you know, small kids, they are a handful. They are cute and adorable, but they're a handful. And yeah. when you work a lot in a stressful job, you know, you 
cannot be as patient as you would like to be, or it's very hard. So I started a little bit on mindfulness journey before the burnout, just because I was finding myself towards the end of the week, not being as patient as I would like to with my kids. And of course, as a mom, you feel the worst ever. And I didn't want that and kind of right. came across a book that was my sister was reading about mindfulness. I'm like, I think I need that. Yeah. <laughs> that. And that was good. It really helped me with, you know, managing my stress. But the burn down came in a situational, more situational, where about four years ago, my department found ourselves in a situation where we just had too much work to handle for the amount of people that we had and too much demand to be successful. And because, you know, when you care about your team and you care about what you do, you do your best. So you start working more than normal and you do that hoping that that amount of work will just produce, you know, better results and it will get you out of the hole and so on. And it wasn't happening. So then it puts additional stress, right? Because not only you're working hard and you're working more, you are paying with the family time with it, but then you are not even seeing the light in the tunnel. So that got me to the point when I was exhausted, stressed out, saying like, nobody cares what you're doing. It's not working, what's going on. So when I found myself in that situation, it actually made me angry. I was like, I can't go on like this. I'll end up in a hospital and that's, I don't want to be there. That's not fun. And I signed up for some high-performance coaching. I was like, okay, well, I can't control the amount of work that's given to me, right? That guy, mm-hmm. other than changing a job, which was, you know, I started doing yeah. <laughs> started looking for another job. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, well, I can do something. So I signed up for high-performance coaching, and that actually changed the way I thought about time. It it showed me, it allowed me to set boundaries that I was scared to set before. It kind of like gave me that permission. It allowed me to be even more effective and prioritize and help me with my time. Like I thought I was organized before that, right? I'm a young mom. I'm like having this career, doing a lot of things. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty organized. Right. But when I actually implemented some high performance, I was like, whoa, this is like a brand new level of being effective and organized. Yeah. Um, so what are some of those things that you learned that you were able to, you know, shift for anyone so, who's like, what is, what's her secret? What'd she do? <laughs> so she's like, I think I did three main things. Okay. Yeah. The first thing is having that time in the morning. So like you can call it a morning routine, but it doesn't have to be this, you know, big two hour type of thing because I didn't have that time. But having some sort of practice in the morning that just grounds you for the day. And it could be really five, three to five minutes. You could do you know, some people do meditate, some people pray, some people just read and have coffee in quietness without looking at their phone and swans. Breathing, deep breathing is very good. So mm-hmm. not looking at your phone first thing in the morning and just allowing yourself to be quiet, calm. Yeah. And we underestimate the power of those little things, but they set you up for such a calmer day where you can handle right. the same amount of stuff coming at you, more calm, more grounded, you feel better, you're not as stressed. So that was one thing. Yeah. Then the second thing was definitely establishing boundaries. 
Mm -hmm. Right. So your podcast is all about people pleasing. Yeah. Like, how do we do that? (laughs) So, and especially in the corporate world, sometimes it's just like you feel, even though it's internal, sometimes like we, the thoughts that we had about what others' expectations are are not really others' expectations. It's just what we think and we create those expectations, right? (laughs) So sometimes we feel like we don't have control over certain things. And yet, when you actually take up enough courage to establish into boundaries saying, I can't do this, or I can't do that, or I can't do this all at once, what do you want me to start with? Or most people pretty understanding. Yeah, <laughs> surprising. <laughs> Surprisingly, like, oh, who knew, right? <laughs> so, and, you know, it takes time and it takes working through your thoughts and your fears, right? Like, oh, I'm going to be judged. People will think I'm slacking and this and that. But like, as you do it and realize nobody thinks anything less of you. Yeah. And really, why would you care? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a whole different, I guess, level. <laughs> right. <Well. Yeah. laughs> but even in the beginning, when you do care about what people think of you, and but it, you realize that they don't, that they are understanding because they wouldn't want that for themselves either, right? Then it, that helps you, right? So having certain boundaries, like, okay, I will do my best and I can do this, but like past that, I can't. Right? Like, right. Otherwise, you're just losing yourself, right? And when you lose yourself, when you lose your identity, who you are, it doesn't serve anybody because then you are not happy and you can't help others. You can't serve others if you are not, you know, feeling at your best and functioning at your best. So that's second. Exactly. And then the third was weekly planning. So not going into a day, allowing other people's agenda drive your schedule. Mm-hmm. or deciding on the fly and losing a lot of energy and cognitive kind of making those decisions, but planning on a Friday or whatever, Saturday, whatever, spending 30, 45 minutes planning out your week, but based on the priorities that you have and you need to be clear on that, right? Because, because just planning a bunch of stuff shouldn't be done at all, that doesn't really help. Right, exactly. Getting clear on what are my priorities. And, you know, I teach that now to my clients because it's so helpful. But again, doesn't matter whether you're in a corporate world or in your business, but being clear in your priorities and then deciding a week ahead, okay, this is what I'm going to do. It does sweet things. Doesn't mean that life won't happen, right? That you won't have to change it. Yeah. But it does three things. A, it calms your brain down because then your brain is thinking okay we've got this okay mm-hmm. like those decisions are made because our brain doesn't like to have unprocessed decisions it wants to close the loop it wants us to make a decision so when we avoid making decision because of fear or whatever it actually creates more anguish in us more stress I really didn't realize that. That's so Ah, interesting. That makes so much sense. So sometimes we're scared of making decisions, but actually we're just afraid of, you know, feeling that can come. But once we make it, we feel better. So when we decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do, and this is when our brain comes down because it's like, oh, okay, I can accomplish. I will honor my word. I will be done. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't have to keep thinking about The second thing weekly planning does is that It allows us, we create a space for our more creative brain, more strategic brain to function and think 
through things, okay? When we're in like a day-to-day doing things, this is more of our like, I call it operational brain and it can yeah. think strategically. It cannot think ahead. It just focuses on the task. Okay, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do. But when we just do that, they were often we create fires for ourselves because we don't <laughs> think ahead. Oh, what about this? What about that? So when you when you plan, your brain will feed you those thoughts. Okay, what about this? What about that? And you're like, oh yeah, now I forgot about this. I'm not going to double book myself now. Or I need to do this in order to do next this. So you're actually preventing like 80% of the fire. Right, yeah. Because you just have time to think about it. And the, the third thing is, that when you have your week planned, even if things happen and you need to readjust, you're just readjusting a smaller portion, not like the never-ending to-do list because you don't know what else, when you're going to do those things and so on. So it's much easier to actually adapt and be flexible when things happen because things do happen, right? right. It's not like, oh, I'm going to plan and it's just going to magically always be the way I plan. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put you in a better position to deal with the unexpected stuff when it happens. Yeah. Oh, I mean, first of all, I love how just kind of like simple those things are. And but I can really see how like that weekly planning then goes into like once you have your plan, it can also help you with those boundaries and keep those yes. boundaries as yes. you're setting them. Yeah. And then you're also planning for like how you can have time in the morning to like ground yourself. Yeah. You know, when you have a plan and somebody comes in, oh, can you just do this for me? Then you can, it's easier to say, hey, like I can do it now because this is what I have and this is a bigger priority. But if you then really want to help them, it's not like, you know, you never want to help anybody and just be them, but then you do it on your time, on your terms. Yeah. Right. And not feel like somebody's taking advantage of you. And again, it's definitely easier to say no. And as you say, establish those boundaries where you have your schedule booked and not mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I kind of have nothing to do for two hours, even though I have this huge never to do, like a never ending rule list. Right. right? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll help you. Right. And then you're mad at yourself because you're like, what the hell? exactly yeah it's like when you don't have the plan it's easy to kind of not have that concrete like visual of like this is what I have to get done and yeah you think like oh there's nothing like that I have to do and it's like really you have a lot to do so why is it that like I mean these simple things like why don't we just naturally do that I don't know why we don't naturally do them I think we were never like you know you can like many things but I think it's just you know when you don't know better you do your best but you don't necessarily know better right so Mm -hmm. again like we have those stories whether we created them or whether they just sort of like you know through our upbringing we have like oh if I have a corporate job I and I have a boss, I don't control my schedule. My boss controls the schedule. But that's just a thought. Like, that's not right. true. Right. <laughs> like, you're in control of your schedule. Or, you know, like the, I guess the mindfulness and the grounding and so on, that's something that's becoming more and more popular, right? With well being mm-hmm. everywhere and so on. But I don't think in the past that was, we even knew about it, 
right? right like that yes. was even the thing, right? or even confirmed by research, but truly, right? Like it was this maybe niche thing that nobody knew about. So I would say, you know, okay, we didn't know about it. Don't reach yourself out for it. That's fine. Now you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, now we we know better, so we can do right. better. We do better, right? <laughs> and then, so for you, so you worked with um, like your high performance coach, and you like learned these tactics. Then, what kind of happened from there for you? So, what happened from there was actually fascinating because I did much more than <laughs> So when when I went through that burnout and then, then I went through that high performance, I realized I was in control of my time. I could create time on demand. Like it's mm-hmm. not, I stopped being busy and I stopped being stressed. I really got grounded. And then the situation at my work changed. You know, the, the, again, it was just situational. I actually got a promotion out of this thing. Yeah. Uh, but with that promotion, I that gave me an ability to establish my boundaries, right? So I was talking to my boss at the time saying, yes, I can, you know, help us to go through it, but I cannot be working the way I've been working for some time. Like there's, those are my conditions, right? Because mm-hmm. I was looking for another job and, and they accepted it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when that happened, I was like, okay, so now that I have all these skills, I'm going to do something to me, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to be, I'm going to get back to not just being people pleasing or doing what I think others expect of me, but I'm just going to also do for me because I was at a time where I haven't done it for a while because, you know, when you have little kids, they are all absorbing or a lot, or at least so I thought in the beginning, right? Like then, so I signed up for an executive MBA. So an MBA was something that I wanted to do just for me. Like I love to learn forever. And then at first I couldn't afford it. And then, you know, I'm an immigrant to Canada. So when I was in Poland, I couldn't afford it. And then when I came to Canada, you're just looking for work, you know, you need some money and so on. And then I started a family. So it was like all those things that sort of wasn't, I guess, the right timing. So I signed up for that MBA, which was online. And I started figuring out, okay, how am I going to do this? I created a schedule. And then I thought like, oh, I'm going to start a business. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where the coaching came because I wanted also to do more of what I loved, which was coaching and developing people. And I love business. I think it's fun. It's creative and so on. And I was finding that in my corporate role, the higher I went, the less time I had for it, right? I was, Mm -hmm. I had other responsibilities and I had less time for coaching and developing even my own team. I wanted to do more. So I sort of ran the three for two and a half years. Oh, wow. I was fine because of those habits, right? Right, I wasn't stressed. I had time for me. I created, made sure that I had time for my family. And until I graduated and then I decided to leave my corporate world and just focus on my business for time. So that's yeah. the end of the story up until now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. And I love that you finally did something for yourself that you had been wanting to do and that it's, you know, led you to being able to coach and have your own business. But I'm curious, like, because I think a lot of times when we speak up for our boundaries, that surprisingly we actually get good feedback because people are, for mm-hmm. the most part, understanding and yeah. realize. Because I think a lot of times especially when it comes to work, 
we're given so much work and when we keep saying yes to it, you know, our boss and our colleagues, they just think that like, oh, she must have time to do it. So I'm yeah. just going to keep giving yeah. it to her. Yeah. But when you actually have the conversation of like, no, I actually don't have all this time. Like, what's a priority or I need to set mm-hmm. the boundaries for the most part? You know, I think they're understanding. Yeah. But what if yeah. someone has a conversation about boundaries and their boss is like, no, <laughs> like. Like, what would you kind of recommend to someone who... Find a new job. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what? Like, I was a boss, right? Like, Mm -hmm. for many years. But it it was, for me, as an employee, it was always important who I work with, right? So the moment I found, I didn't have a lot of that. I actually had some great bosses, but I was very careful about the positions I took and so on. Even within the same company, when there were some opportunities for me to move up and I wanted to move up, if the opportunity wasn't right, because sometimes you know people, right, in the company, I was like, maybe, but I don't want to work for this person. I wouldn't go for it. Right, yeah. Like, it was important to me. Now, you don't always have that privilege to know the person, right? Mm -hmm. But you can always ask questions during the interview and see how that, like, always... Remember that decision of you taking a job or not, it's also yours. And I know that sometimes you might not feel that, but like even when I was hiring for my team, I was always telling the candidate, this is as much your decision as it is mine because you want the good fit, right? Yeah. So if there isn't a fit, I would never recommend to like, don't stay in a job you hate, right? Where where it just doesn't work because. It doesn't serve anybody. You feel miserable and then you cannot perform to your best, right? So you cannot show and shine in that job. And why would you do that to yourself? Like, <laughs> for sure, just finding something and believing in yourself that you will, where you can actually flourish when you have a boss that it's reasonable, where you can actually, you know, you can connect with them and have that conversation. That's, mm-hmm. you know. But now, like the word, you know, if you think about now in the great resignation, we are in the employee market, right? So you can actually choose and ask questions and so on. So it's even, you're even in a better position. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where it's a good fit. Yeah. And I totally agree. I think that people should, you know, work for like companies and doing jobs that they actually, you know, enjoy or you know, work well with the people because I just, yeah, exactly. Like life is too short to be somewhere that you hate, especially if you're going to have to do like 40 hours a week or something. So I mean, I'm just so glad that people are really leaning into finding out what it is that they want their like work life and their like home life to look like and finding like a good balance between that. Yeah. And yeah. And so I'm curious, what was your transition like from leaving your corporate job to going out on your own? So it was, I think I did like mental part of transition a lot of it. I did before I actually physically left. It's like for me to even to decide to leave, it was pretty scary in the beginning, like to get myself to that decision. And why it was scary because, yeah, I've been with a company. I had a good career for 13 years and I was a respected, you know, expert where I could have even more career. Nobody was pushing me out the door. You know, I wasn't like I had a good boss. I had a great team. Like my team were very close or amazing people. 
you know, good salary, benefits, there's a lot holding you. So when you are thinking about starting a business and, you know, that was something that I really am passionate about, right? Like I really love doing that. And there was other reasons why I wanted to start a business, but regardless of those reasons, it was a scary decision because also, as I said, I have a family, you know, right. there's a house, mortgage, bills to get paid, all those things. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, you know, <laughs> are kind of important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like in the beginning when you start business, you start making, you know, loads of money, right? right. Like there are some momentum you need to put it in. So... So growing myself, A, I grew the business a little bit on the side. So it was already, there was some momentum there and it was Mm -hmm. already making money. So that definitely helped. But growing myself, mostly really, it was the confidence in myself Mm -hmm. that once I start working in it full time, I will be able to get to the point where, you know, income is not going to be a problem. Right. Yeah. Or I will be able to pay the bills and so on and then grow it from there. So that was the biggest, I guess, the biggest fear. It wasn't like, oh, what the business is. I loved it. That's, yeah. I love it. So then once I got there, I made the decision. I gave my notice. Then it was more of a little bit of a grieving of the team, right? People I worked with. It was more like I was more already for me. Going on my own was already, okay, this is the chapter of my life that it's really good for me, right? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't any more like thinking about all oh, the corporate world and that I would miss that and so on. Like I was really, sometimes like you just know, right? Like you just yeah. get to the point in your life when you're like, okay, it was great, but it's no longer for me. This is for me. So it was more of a like getting myself to, you know, people with whom I worked for years and we had good relationships just sort of like go through that grieving period and yeah. like, we can still get in touch and so on. Yeah. And yeah, so then by the time I, and I give longer notice because again, I wanted to be fair to my employer, to my boss, to my team, for them to sort of like, you know, figure out their next steps once I'm gone, pass on things and then make sure that everything was fine. Mm-hmm. I don't like to leave you know, burn the bridge or leave in a way where my team would scramble because I right. I wanted right. them to be set well. And so by the time that came, it was fun. You yeah. Know, I was, and I don't have any regrets whatsoever. Just because again, like I knew I just need to take that route. This is my thing or, yeah. you know, whatever in my career. And yeah. So it's fine. And I yeah. enjoy being able to focus on one, one thing only. So I graduated from my MBA and I don't have <laughs> my work. So then I can focus professionally just on growing my business. And that's a good change as well for me. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And then so when you're kind of building up your confidence to like give your resignation, mm-hmm. like what what did you do to, you know, allow yourself to have that confidence of like, this is this is right for me. I'm going to leave. So tools that I also teach my clients in terms of mindset, it was definitely journaling Mm -hmm. and kind of like one exercise that I like is really reminding yourself from your life, like what were the maybe forks in the road or things that you did that you didn't know going into it 100% how would they turn out? 
And yet you still did it because you trusted yourself you would figure it out. In fact, even when you're a student, right? You start at the university, you don't know 100% that I'm going to yeah. graduate or whatever, or whether I'm going to find a job at that particular thing. But you trust yourself that you will go through it, you'll pass the exams, and, and then you'll, you'll be got on the very end, right? Yeah. So for me, it was like even moving to Canada or, you know, getting to a country I've never been before and getting a job in an industry that I didn't even study for. I didn't know it existed and figuring out my career there. So all those things I remember and I'm like, okay, well, I had no clue how to do it before. And yet I did it. Right. I yeah. figured it out. I learned the things I had to learn. I, you know, whatever, I worked hard and so on. So it was that, like, just reminding my brain of the things like, okay, yes, you've never run a business on your own, but to that extent, right? Mm -hmm. I had like a, when I was a student, I was teaching kids for like tutoring, right? Like English yeah. and French and Poland, yeah. Like just, but it's not a big business, right? Right, <laughs> like, yeah. Again, so you've done other things where you figure it out and this is something you love, you're passionate about, you're good at, you'll figure it out, right? So it's just working your brain every time it has the doubt, redirecting it towards okay, yeah, that's new, but at the same time, it's not so new. There's all those other things you've done before that are kind of similar. Right. Yeah. I really like that of like looking back and seeing all the evidence. And because I think mm -hmm. sometimes it's easy for us to forget about the things that we've done or had to do because, you know, when we were going through yeah. them, they were hard and we had to, you know, do yeah. new things and make decisions. But once it's over, you're just kind of like, all right, well, that's done. And you don't think about it again. But then yeah. you have to realize like, no, like everything you've done was something new and you were able to do it. So yeah, yeah I love like, that. You know, I get, I really am of an opinion. Like think about it this way. Like even as babies learning yeah. to walk or a button, like, we didn't know how to do that. And yet, because we don't have like as children, we don't have that fear yet, right? That right. somehow gets into us somehow puts throughout <laughs> the life. Right, we we just observe others and we learn. And yes, our parents help us. Right, we have little cultures like our parents help us. <laughs> but but we keep going and we fall in our bum or we you know have a few bruises along the way. But we keep going until we just learn. Right. And yeah. Run and so on. And and that's really anything we do in life. It's a skill. We can learn anything, right? It's just mm -hmm. not letting yourself or the fear that somehow develop in us stop you, right? right? Just yeah. like figuring out, okay, what is it that I need to learn? Who is it that I need help from to learn it, right? It's sometimes we do need somebody else's help to like speed up the process, right? Right, so yeah. Like, exhaust ourselves with the bruises <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then just going for it right? and believe it yeah and so tell us more about because you work with entrepreneurs mostly now yeah so tell us a little bit more about like who it is that you work with and like how you help them yeah so sure so I work most mostly with service-based business owners usually either solopreneurs who are just starting and growing their business some of them are like me on the side and going there some of them are a little bit more advanced so like I have two groups of clients clients who are just starting and they're maybe working towards their like first fifty thousand dollars of income mm -hmm. annually to get there and then clients who are 
pass that in their thinking of growing to six figures, multiple six figures, and then depends on their business. You know, the strategy will be different. So the businesses I help are anything from like online service, like a web designer, a VA, to more of an in-person service, like a therapist or even like more construction services. Mm-hmm. That's my background from the corporate world. I did a little bit of like at property management construction type of thing. So in the way I help my clients to grow is I look at business coaching holistically. And that's sort of what I learned as just being a leader in the corporate world that yes, I help my clients learn how business skill, right? So how to run a business, because really the service skills that they have to help their clients is what services the client should have gives them a job in the business, right? Like I service yeah. my clients, I'm a therapist, I'm a designer, whatever, right? I help them. And this is not the skill that will grow the business, that will bring the clients in, that will right. create a business. We want that's a business skill. And a lot of people, when they start their business, they don't have it. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you don't grow it, then it's very hard for you to scale your business in a strategic way. Right. Like yeah. you end up having a lot of challenges, a lot of fire. So you create like that cap for your business where you don't know how to grow anymore just because of that. So there is that. But that's not enough. And that is what I found in my corporate world, that people who are sometimes good technically they didn't necessarily were ready to be promoted because mm-hmm. of the way they thought and their leadership. So like more of mindset and self-awareness and being able to communicate well with others and being able to manage your emotions and not be reactive to things, but know how to respond and so on, right? So those soft skills are very important. So I help my clients with that as well, depending again where they are, making decisions. As I said, stacking Mm -hmm. in decisions. So many people (laughs) stacking in decisions, right? Because of different tiers, right? Being judged, fear of whatever, failure, you name it, and so on. And then I throw the third thing I add to it is the high performance habits, right? So once Mm -hmm. we made the decision and let's say we have a strategy, we know how to grow the business, how they would stand out on their own and be unique, right? And attract their clients, how to talk to their clients. So then they come and then, okay, how am I going to implement all this? Focus and consistently, consistency is like a key word here, right? Yeah. <laughs> without working on stop, without being overwhelmed, right? With being calm because, you know, I want to work with people who are in business for long term, right? They're mm-hmm. passionate about the way they do. They want to make an impact on their clients and so on. So you can't hustle for 20 years. You'll burn down right. the line, right? And why do you, if you and you don't have to when you have the skills and you can be strategic and you're you learn from it and you're effective with the time that you want to spend in your business, you don't have to hustle. Yeah. Right? That's my message that you can have both. Like you can have a good personal life and you can have very successful business if you sort of combine those things. So that's how I help my client. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like there was kind of like a period a few years ago where it was all about like the hustle. Like you've got to be hustling in your side business to like have it grow and become an entrepreneur. And it's just like, no, like hustling is exhausting. Yes. <laughs> that's not sustainable. Yes. 
It is. And and really, it's a lot of state of my mind. Like, and yeah, we can do like, okay, I had a side business, right? So I had a job and I started a business because I want to grow it. And I'm not going to quit because I don't have savings. I don't have another income and that's okay. But you can yeah. still do it in a way where it doesn't exhaust you. Right. When it doesn't feel as a hassle, when it more feels, no, I'm in charge, I'm in control. Those are decisions I make. I plan ahead and I'm just working a plan. Right. Yeah. And it feels so much calmer rather than like, oh my God, I have to do this and I have to do that and I don't have time for anything and I'm busy all the time. Yeah, exactly. So, like, what advice would you give someone who might be, you know, have a business and looking to leave like their nine to five job to go out on their own like do you have a piece of advice for them yeah, yeah definitely believe in yourself right like mm-hmm. grow that confidence where you can do it if you truly are passionate about the business that you do and you know your why and you truly believe that you can grow it and be successful with it believe in yourself but it doesn't mean be blindly believe or like foolishly for lack of better words believe also recognize if there is any skills you need to grow in order to get the business going right Mm -hmm. and so before you quit okay don't quit like irrationally (laughs) before you quit make sure that a either your business is generating enough income for you at least to cover your bills Right. Mm-hmm. Like at least, okay, because when we don't have it, then we become desperate. And right. growing a business from a desperate mindset is actually detracting your clients. Your clients mm-hmm. will run away screaming if you're desperately wanting them to buy from you. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like nobody likes that, right? Like imagine a salesperson, you go to a store and they're like, but you have to buy, you have to buy it because yeah, I'm having an agenda. Like, and know. sleazy. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. But you don't, that doesn't work. So, Either you have grow your business to the point where you can, you know, pay the bills and then, yeah, you might want to tighten the belt a little bit for a year or two and not maybe have extravagant vacation or eat out every other day, right? Like you you can do maybe some cuts to your budget to be able to bootstrap your business, but either that or have savings, have a financial plan where, okay, if I quit and my business is not generating the income yet, right, how am I going to support myself and not making my business responsible for that, especially right. beginning, right? Yeah. So this is definitely a second advice. And then third advice is just, so believe in yourself, have a plan, and I guess just have have a financial plan and then you know, again, have it like a strategy, right? And follow through with it and you'll be fine. And yeah. I truly believe that creating your own business can, like, there's no limits to what you can achieve, right? Like, other than you create those limits in your mind, so. Right. And do you, do you think that anybody could create a business if they wanted to? I think so. There is a lot of, I think everybody should try at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because of the self-development and the growth, personal growth that you have to go through, like building that confidence and all like, I can assure you, all the fears will come out. Even the ones like you thought that a corporate required growth, no comparison to what comes out Uh (laughs) for you to deal with when you run your business. 
But if you're willing to go through it and do that internal work and then also acquire the skill that you will need, depending on what you're doing, I think everybody can do it. Now, yeah. is everybody willing to do it? <laughs> That's another thing. That? That's a whole different <laughs> story. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, I heard someone say one time, like, if you want to work on yourself, start a business and you're going to go through all yes, the self-development. Yes. <laughs> yes. If you want to grow as a person, start a business, it'll be like a, a fast track. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then I love to ask, how has being yourself led to your success? How is being myself? I think is being... And it's not even like always knowing 100% who you are, but being able to discover that and listening to yourself and trusting your intuition allowed me to make in the the biggest, when I think about my life and like the biggest fork in the roads, right, that I took and decisions that I made that were scary and sometimes not popular with the people around you, right? They ultimately, no matter how scary they were, they ultimately led me to a better life or just feeling better because I listened to me, right? What's what's important to me? What's the right thing for me to do in that moment, right? So Mm -hmm. even moving to Canada... Or, you know, picking my partners. My dad wasn't always <laughs> very, very fond in the beginning. He came yeah. around after, <laughs> but in the beginning, right? So even that, <laughs> just standing my ground and thinking, yeah. I ultimately don't care what other people think because this is my life. And exactly. I'm the only one responsible for it, right? So being that, and even if you sometimes lose yourself down the line, but being able to like sort of rediscover yourself. And I'm talking again from experience of being a mom. And sometimes, you know, as women, we are, when we're moms, especially with our first children, we're so engrossed and the they babies require so much attention that yeah. we must forget ourselves. Right. <laughs> yeah. That we're women or human beings other than being your mom, right? But then as the kids grow, we can rediscover ourselves. Right? It's possible. Right, yeah. So even if you do that, like being able to like, okay, it happened. But just, again, listening to that inner voice, not pushing it down, right, allows you to really make the best decisions for yourself. Yeah, I love that. I really like just that you bring up like, you might lose yourself in other things or whatever, but just being aware to come back and listen mm-hmm. to yourself and mm-hmm. like follow those like instincts and stuff like that. Yeah. Gonna yeah. Lead you to where you're supposed to be and who you're supposed yeah. to be. So yeah. where can people like find you and connect with you? So um, I guess the best way is my website, stairwaytoleadership.com. In there, I have like a link to my Instagram. You know, I'm on LinkedIn under my name, Maggie Croatin. So stairwaytoleadership.com. Or I do have a podcast. So if people are listening to podcasts, it's called Diamond Effect, where I talk more about, of course, business coaching. Great. But like I do include some high performance in there. So there are episodes on that everybody can benefit from and like planning, right? And then things like that. And there's episodes that are more business specific. But yeah. those are probably the best places to find me. Wonderful. I love it. And what is one last message you want to leave with people today? So one last message I want to say is that, you know, 
I believe, so the reason why I call myself leadership coach, even though a lot of people I work with are solopreneurs and they don't necessarily have a team yet, because sometimes we think like, well, leaders, person who like lead other people, right? Like, right. Whatever, politician or a manager, whatever. But I truly believe that in order to do that, like we are all leaders because the first thing or the first person we lead is ourselves. Mm. Right? When we can lead ourselves intentionally and intentionally know ourselves and have the goals and know what we want and then keep after that, right? Like keep going towards that, then we can lead our business. We lead our clients. We can lead the family, right? When we're parents, yeah. our children watch us, whether we want it or not. Right. <laughs> them, right? And then we can lead other people. If you're a volunteer or a community, right? You're a leader. So yeah. we're all leaders. So that's my last message. Remember, you're a leader too. Mm-hmm. And it starts with you. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm always about, I believe that everything starts with you. And I've never yeah. thought about leading yourself first. So I really yeah. love that. So thank you so much, Maggie. You're welcome, Ariel. And thank you. Thank you for having me. Maggie shared a lot of great nuggets to help us move away from overwhelm. Remember the three main things are to have a morning routine, set boundaries, and to create a weekly plan so that you can do more things on your time. And we didn't get to talk about it, but Maggie also has a journal called Dream, Plan, Do which is a journal to help you plan out your day and set those priorities. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes. And be sure to check out her podcast, Diamond Effect, and connect with her through her website, stairwaytoleadership.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you found it helpful, I would love it if you gave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because ratings and reviews really do help get this podcast shared with more people. It's time to stop feeling so overwhelmed It's time to go after the things that you truly enjoy. It's time to be you.